Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of season two of the Real Estate Rundown. In this episode, I'm going to sit down with Greg Young with Seven Figure Capital, and we're going to talk about how to create great habits and how personal development will move you closer to achieving your goal. You're really going to want to tune in because in this episode, we're going to discuss personal development, mindset. We're going to discuss real estate investing niches and strategies. As you know, the riches are in the niches, healthy habits, and how to be successful with those. So guys, you are not going to want to miss this episode with myself and Greg Young on the Real Estate Rundown. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode three. We are in our second season of the Real Estate Rundown. And today I have the pleasure of meeting with a gentleman who is just a couple hours from here. Well, it depends on if you're running by planes, trains, or automobiles. But Greg Young is down in the Phoenix market. And I have the pleasure of talking with him today about how he has done a lot of things in business and personal. So Greg, why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are and what brought you to this place in your life with real estate? And then we'll dive into some of the questions I've got for you. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Shannon. So a little bit about myself. I'll kind of start in the beginning. I'm born and raised in New York, you know, born and raised Long Island, New York. So I'm a true New Yorker. My my sports teams are in New York. Still have some family back there. Went to college here in Arizona, uh, University of Arizona in Tucson. After that, I lived in San Diego for about five years. So, you know, early 20s, living on the beach, you know, kind of having some fun in San Diego. That was all fun and good. But um, when it came time to kind of grow up and buy a home, this was 2005 in San Diego, you know, didn't really have a lot of money at that time. So um, I hightailed it to Phoenix where I knew one person. So, you know, kind of started over at 25, 26 years old, didn't have a lot of money in my pocket and just kind of started from there. And then, yeah, you know, even when I moved to Phoenix, I really didn't get into real estate until about seven or eight years after I landed here in Phoenix. So, you know, it took me a while. I'm kind of a slow learner sometimes, but once I do catch on, I can, you know, kind of roll with it and run really quickly. So started my real estate investing in 2012 and everything just kind of took off from there. Became a realtor in 2015. So kind of balancing those two things out and it's been a great run. And and like you said, it's it's not just been real estate investing and realtor. It's been personal development, habits, relationships. So yeah, so we can talk about anything you want and any direction you want to go. I'm happy happy to go down that road. You know, it's funny. You started your real estate career when the sky was falling. You started your real estate career in 2012. You started Mm -hmm. your real estate career when everybody was running for the exit. In fact, they had already run for the exit and they were still watching Rome burn, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Why do you think you were successful when everybody else was declaring real estate to be the worst investment in the history of mankind? Yeah. So I'd like to say I was a visionary, but that's not the case at all. I was really naive at that time. I just happened to buy my first ever residence in 2010. So I was 30 years old. And then, you know, 
properties here in Phoenix were pretty much pennies on the dollar. So great time to buy real estate. But again, at that time, it was just timing was right. I needed a place to live. I had the help from my parents, you know, financially at that point to, you know, buy that first home, which I'm very thankful for. And then a couple of years later, just kind of rinsed and repeated. So, you know, I turned that first home that I bought in 2010 into a rental. And all of a sudden I was, you know, a landlord. I was a real estate investor. Didn't really know what I was doing. I'm pretty sure the lease that I, the first lease that I wrote was, you know, not very strong, but, you know, it got me through and got me, you know, into that world of real estate investing where, you know, I really grasped onto just learning and reading about different niches, different ways to make money in real estate, and then realizing there's a lot of different niches that you can kind of go into. Um, you know, that was great for me because I love learning and um, I quickly realized what I, you know, wanted to do and maybe some things that I didn't want to do. And that just kind of got me down that path of learn and take action and see what happens and, you know, surround yourself with the right people. And, you know, usually good things will happen. And that's what's happened so far. You know, Greg, you mentioned that, you know, your first lease wasn't really good. And we see this, right? And I'm not poking fun at you because I don't think my lease, my first lease was any good either. But I approach everything that failures aren't the end of the game. It's just a time to make some changes, come back and run the play again with a better offensive strategy, with a better defensive strategy, with a better idea of what the hurdles are that we've got to cross. How do you see that mindset plays into that where you see one guy encounters the same thing you've encountered, but the world is ending and then you encounter it and you go, oh, well, that didn't work at all, but what are we going to do next? How does that affect? And then what does mindset have to do with that? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I know, you know, I've only been, you know, in personal development and had this mindset for probably like two or three years. So if you asked me that question five years ago, if I had a failure, I would probably chalk it up like a lot of other people would and say, oh, that didn't work out. That failed for X, Y, and Z reason. I guess I wasn't destined for, you know, that path. And now, you know, when I have a failure, it could be that maybe I'm not destined for that path, but I'm going to ask a lot of more questions to myself before I make that decision and really just write that off of, well, that didn't work out. So, you know, on to the next thing, you know, now when I have a failure, whether it's a big one or a small one, doesn't matter. You kind of go through it and say, all right, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And if I corrected some of those things that I did wrong, would that have changed the result that I was looking for? And if the answer is yes, then like you said, you know, change your strategy and give it another try and have those looking through different color lenses, try it again. So, and there's sometimes, you know, where you kind of ask yourself those questions and say, even if I'd made all the correct moves, I still probably wouldn't have got the result that I was looking for. So maybe this is a niche or a project that I do need to, you know, just exit right away and kind of figure out another pivot point. But asking yourself those questions is the big difference for me because Five years ago, I wouldn't have asked myself those questions, but now it's cool. What can I learn from this experience? Who can I reach out to? You know, maybe, you know, maybe Shannon has a, an experience that's similar to mine where he's been through the trenches that I'm about to go through and I can ask him those questions. So it's also about finding the right people to reach out to and surround yourself with and ask those questions as well as not just, you know, what went wrong during the process. You know, and it's funny because if realtors were like scientists, I think we'd have a lot better results, right? I mean, a scientist is almost as interested in finding out what went wrong, right? Or what didn't work so that they could eliminate down to what does work, right? And so that then they can see that this has that effect and gets me to where I want to go. This doesn't, and it takes me down a path I don't want to go to. 
where in real estate, we look at it that, oh my gosh, they didn't accept my offer. I'm going to quit. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't get this rented in the first six days. I'm going to quit. Oh my gosh, I have a tenant move out on me. It means they don't like me, right? And there's all these things that we see people do and and you're smiling and I'm laughing, right? Because we've seen this, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen people go down these trails and it's amazing how topsy-turvy people let their world get because they're not controlling that mindset. They're not looking at it that like Thomas Edison, you know, he's the one that said, listen, I discovered 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb, right? Mm -hmm. Not that I screwed up all these times until I did, right? But then that leads you down to where you, you know, if you're looking at what's gone on, you're kind of refining your strategy. You're seeing that this works and this works too, but I really like doing this. You talk about real estate niches and you talk about where that goes and how did you find some, what are the niches you're in and how did you find some of them and what strategies do you implement to use them to your advantage in your daily business? Yeah, great question. So from the beginning, I always wanted a diverse portfolio. So I started out with single family homes. You know, me and my wife, we have four single family rentals. From there, we kind of went to, you know, some smaller multifamily, which we eventually 1031 and some other properties. Um, But, you know, my point is I have some single family homes. We had some small multi. Um, We've invested as limited partners in large multifamily syndications. So it's kind of another diversification within our portfolio. Me and some business partners this past spring, we actually closed on three uh, residential assisted living facilities here in Phoenix. And that was really interesting because we were actually on the general partner side. So it wasn't just you know vetting out the sponsor and writing the check and making sure that the deal looks good. It was, we're going to put the deal together from scratch, make sure everything is, you know the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted everything from beginning to end, which was a completely different experience. And Greg, don't you think you vetted the sponsor harder since the sponsor was you than if you were just writing the check? Because you had to know this would work, right? You were taking this out to your friends and family and people that you know, love and trust, and they know, love and trust you. And you had to make this work. And so you had to make sure the sponsor knew what he was doing. Exactly. Yeah. That's the great point too, is I had to do that, you know, with my business partners, made sure everything was on point because it is my name and my reputation. And like you said, it's my friends and some family and whoever invested alongside those deals. So it definitely raised the uh, anxiety level of, you know, of investing in real estate, but it was a great experience. I definitely learned a lot. So yeah, so those are some of the niches that I'm in. And, you know, right now I'm actually, you know, learning a little bit more about multifamily on the general partner side. So I think that's an area that I'm going to, you know, kind of walk into a little bit slowly and learn a bit, learn a little bit more about before I jump in. I love learning about real estate niches, taking action, and then seeing, you know, looking at my portfolio and say, do I want to add more, you know, assisted living or is three of them, you know, good for now? So that's just kind of my approach. I know a lot of other people, they're hundred percent multifamily. That's what they do. They're experts in it. Just kind of depends on your approach. That's also very key, right? Because, you know, we prosper and we feel empowered where we, what resonates with us, you know? And where you're reaching out and you're touching several different genres and, you know, you've got some single family, you've got some multifamily, you know, assisted living is multifamily with some other things involved. You know, it's, it's a whole mix of things, right? But the reality is at the end of the day, you're figuring out what resonates with you so that you can be the best version of you that you can, which is actually going to empower you to be more doing more of what you do 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a self-fulfilling cycle there where you're fulfilled because you're doing what resonates with you, what really turns you on inside. And then you're going to go out and get more and get, and that whole learning process, it empowers that learning process and it really makes that stronger. And that's a fantastic point. It really, really is. What strategies are you using though? I mean, you mentioned you have four different genres that you're working in, right? You're an LP, you're a GP, you're a multifamily, you're a, you know, assisted living. So five genres actually, and you're also in the single family space. What strategies do you implement to your advantage across all those that are the same across the board? Honestly, I would just say either consistency or tracking for me, because once you learn, you know, the intricacies of single family and then multifamily, there's a lot to learn. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, for me, it's just being consistent with where do I want my portfolio to go? Do I want it to stay where it is? Do I want it to grow? You know, obviously in the past 18 months with COVID, a lot of great selling opportunities where I even looked at some of my properties. I'm like, ah, do I sell? Do I hold it? Like, what do I do? So those are questions that, you know, I have to ask myself and, you know, obviously involve my wife in that conversation. So it's hard to say because the times change, you know, so quickly as we've kind of realized during this pandemic. So, yeah, but I would say honestly tracking and knowing your numbers, knowing where, you know, if multifamily is doing great right now, maybe single family is not doing that great. You should know that within your portfolio, what's, you know, really doing well, what's, you know, kind of trucking along and what's maybe, you know, um, lagging a little bit if there is anything. So that's you know, where kind of tracking comes in and then consistent being yeah. consistent with that. And, you know, Tony Robbins says that what gets measured gets managed and what gets managed gets improved, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing that, you can see where there's always room for improvement, whether it's single family, whether it's multifamily. And the tracking of that is so important. That's where I think a lot of people think that, you know, well, it's real estate. You just set it and forget it. And that's where you can get in trouble, Right. I mean, that's why Chef Tony sells crockpots, not houses, right? <laughs> but the reality is there's things in there that you can do better. There's things in there that you can manage better. There's things in there that you can improve on. And that improved cash flow, that improved value, those other things really can add a tremendous amount of value. I mean, we had a multifamily project where we just simply added cable and internet on a resale, right? We made $35 a door on 180 doors. Wow. But on a five cap, you know what that made me, right? Almost Mm -hmm. $3 million it added in value to the property. My property manager guy, he saw it as an increase of, I don't know, 65 or $70,000 a year, right? And he was really excited about that. And he should have been. Mm -hmm. But I showed him how that translated. Now the guy's a fiend. Now the guy's (laughs) like, hey, I found another eight bucks. Hey, I found another 30 (laughs) bucks, right? Because those are the things that what gets measured gets managed. What gets managed gets improved. So that's a really excellent point. But how do you make those into habits? How do you take strategies and make them habits so they're habitual? And if they're habitual, they just happen without you thinking about it, where a strategy is something you've got to implement. How have you made those habitual? Yeah, great question. And I love talking about habits because, you know, personal development, I don't think I would be anywhere, you know, near where I am now without personal development. And I dare to say, I like, I probably love personal development a little bit more than real estate just because. I love real estate. It's a great tool. It's fun to learn about everything, but personal development will hit a lot of different areas of your life, not just financial or business, which is what I consider real estate. But if you can create habits in your personal life, relationships, you know, kind of across the board, that's a slab foundation for building a house. And I love that. So, but yeah, creating great habits for me, I read a book and I had to read it twice for it to actually sink in. Like I said, sometimes I'm a slow learner, but once I pick it up, I'll just run with it. And that book was uh, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, which I'm sure you know, you're know you shaking your head. Yeah. I think you're familiar with it. 
so yeah, it took me two times to read that book for it to really kick in. But once it did, it's been about two years, a little over two years. And now I have my morning routine and I just like, kind of like your property manager, I just love finding a new habit every week or every month, or how do I add something to make my life a little bit better? And then if you pair that book, The Miracle Morning with The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, <laughs> those two are just like, it'll just boom, it'll just explode your life. And that's exactly what happened to me. And it's just been a great run. And now I love habits. I track them every day on my phone. And it's just, it's like a game for me. How many habits can I, positive habits can I add? And how many bad habits so, can I slow? So you're in the habit of creating habits. Is that, yeah. so what are some of the habits you created? I can talk around probably physical health because, you know, you kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier, but yeah, waking up in the morning, you know, two years ago, I was not a morning person. Now I wake up between probably six and six thirty. Don't start my business day till nine or nine thirty. So that gives me about three hours to, you know, do my morning routine, whether that's, you know, breathing, affirmations, visualization. I love that stuff. So yeah, and just creating habits, like just I, it's just so much fun for me. So like literally the other day I created a habit. I was watching a documentary on nutrition and health, because that's kind of what I'm into, obviously, right now. And you know, they were going over the fact that if you eat like a small orange or half an apple every day, it does this for your health, you know, just so many antioxidants and nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, cool. That's enough for me to throw it in my phone. And I literally put that every day, eat a small orange or half an apple and the compound effect, right? Like that over time, it's just going to make me a little bit healthier. And that's just one small habit that'll take me probably what, five minutes a day, not even to, to do. So just things like that. And it got me excited. Like, cool. I got another habit, another thing I can check off and and say that I did right that day. So it's, it's just fun for me. So you said that you're into personal health. What is it about your personal health that you've been focusing on lately? Yeah. So since the beginning of 2020, January, 2020, me and my wife, we attended a goals retreat. It was from uh, the real estate guys. I don't know if you're familiar yep. with Robert Helms, Russell Gray. Oh yeah. So it was our first time going, me and my wife went and it was a fantastic event. And obviously COVID hit a couple of months later, I held it at my head. So I was like, all right, I'm going to lose weight because you know, I've always had this weight, you know, I was, I was 5'7", 210 pounds, which, you know, 5'7 is not too tall and 210 pounds is a good amount of weight for a 5'7 frame. So I've always been trying to lose weight. And it's one thing that I've always struggled with. And I just really dedicated myself to it. And I committed to it. And I said, this is going to happen, whether I like it or not. And you know, I dropped about 45 pounds in about, wow. yeah, in about a little over a year. That was fantastic. I felt I was on top of the world. And then April, 2021, I turned uh, 41 that month. I ended up in the hospital for three days with uh, diverticulitis, which I won't get into, but it's basically like inflammation of your digestive system. So, you know, here I was, I just lost some weight. I was like, oh, I'm doing great. And all of a sudden, boom, I get sidelined. I'm in the hospital. I'm like, what the heck just happened? I thought I was good. So it was one of those moments in my life where I was like, I got out of the hospital that day. And I literally called my friend who's a physical therapist, but she's also nutritionist, vegan, very healthy, very smart. So I said, I got to change my life. This is what I just went through. And from then I just continued to change my diet. I went from the meat and potatoes to mostly plant-based. And that's where a lot of my curiosity and learning came from, you know, just nutrition. And this has been since April 21. So five months, six months, not too, not, not very long. No, and, and what you were saying there hits close to home because while I'm about an inch and a half taller, which us guys that are under six foot always add the half inch, of course, right? 
but I was also heavier than that. Right. And my birthday was a couple of weeks ago and I completely switched to all plant-based. And in the last couple of weeks now I've dropped a pound a day, but it's been about dedication. It's about mindset. You know, I'm sitting here eating things that I want, celery, beets, sweet potatoes, hummus, almonds, peaches, oranges, but I want them because my mindset is telling me I want that more than I want to be fat. Right. Mm -hmm. And that I think is the biggest thing that I've changed in my life with that mindset is that, you know what, this does not taste like steak. I know the difference between celery and steak. They're very different, but I want thin more than I want to look like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for what I want, the flavor is phenomenal. Right. Right. And, and that's really what's been helping me because, you know, I went from literally meat and potatoes every single, I mean, look, you had a salad if you needed to decorate a plate, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what happened when you run out of meat, right? But that's been a huge change. And it's been something that I have not felt like I have suffered or that I am dieting or I'm giving something up because my mindset is about being healthy. I'm following your example in that this is what I want more than anything. This is what I'm into. This is what my focus is. And out of that focus, I'm getting the results, which are exciting to me, right? And I think so often, and Greg, I think you can agree with me here. So often people look at what they have to give up to get what they want instead of what they get to do to get that freedom, yes. to get that, you know, freedom from the excessive weight, freedom from that feeling of, you know, I hate walking by a mirror, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's all of those things that if you just change your mindset, like you'd said, it creates such an opportunity for you to be positive about what's going on. So tell us now that you're mostly plant-based, it's 2021 is drawing to a close. We're in the, gosh, we're in the ninth month. It's September, the time <laughs> of this recording, you know? So here we are. I'm going to ask you a question. You mentioned that five years ago, your mindset wasn't there, but you weren't into at that time, self-improvement. Mm -hmm. You said that you started that two years ago. In that time frame, how much have you spent on self-improvement? I'm putting you on the spot here, totally on the spot, totally off script, but how much money have you spent on self-improvement? That's a good question. I'd probably have to say, let's see, I don't know, probably definitely a lot of time, obviously a lot of time in reading and listening to podcasts, which I love, but I. Uh, an actual money, like a, a money amount. I don't know, probably five or six grand. And how much has that paid you back? Paid me back so much because some of that was joining a mastermind and it, you know, it wasn't a super expensive mastermind, but it was not a hundred dollar mastermind either. So, right. but you know, the mastermind is filled with people that are more motivated than me, more successful than me. I'll you know gladly admit that, but I love hanging around them because they just give me ideas and I can feed off of them and I can, you know, ask them questions, you know, about their successes, their failures. So the mastermind has been just been great for me and just for my personal development alone, which is kind of ironic because I actually joined it more for the, oh, there's a lot of real estate investors in this mastermind. There's a lot of successful entrepreneurs in this mastermind, which is great. And I get a lot from that aspect of it, but I'm getting a lot more from the personal development of you know, breathing and affirmations and just all these other little things that are not so little, you know, after looking at the big picture. So, so I love it. It's just been a great journey. And that's what really, really fuels my fire. You know, and it's funny how, what a correlation there is between our mind and what we feed our mind and our gut and what we feed it. You know, mm -hmm. if you're eating Twinkies and, and drinking Dr. Pepper by the gallon, it's really hard to be competitive. It's really hard to get out there and perform your best. And if you're watching, you know, CNN or Fox or whichever, 
It doesn't matter which brand you want to watch of news. You're consuming what's coming through the television. You're watching whatever binge worthy thing is out there instead of feeding your mind with good things like the compound effect, right? Mm -hmm. Then you're going to perform at that level. Greg, what would you tell our listeners on this? What would be the greatest thing that you have done, the single greatest thing that you have done that has been an improvement of your game? Personal, whether that's business, what has been the single greatest thing other than making a habit of making new habits? What has been the single greatest one? Um, I would say the single best thing that I've done is just be curious because that's something that I really wasn't before or not to the extent that I am now where I will really take it down a lot of levels. You know, like, like I said, five years ago, I might've been curious about a niche in real estate, but I would kind of write it off. Like you were saying earlier, like, oh, I can't do that. Or I'm not good enough for that. Or I didn't have the confidence to say, hey, I'm not good, good enough now, but if I learn and I surround myself with people in that niche, I'm just as good as anybody else. So having that mindset and just kind of making that switch of, you know, just being curious and asking those kind of questions and really drilling down that curiosity. Because now I can, you know, pick up a new niche like uh, mobile home parks, which I don't really know much about, but I can, you know, reach out to a handful of people and say, hey, you've been in this thing for five years. You know, what's your worst experience? What's your best experience? Just being curious and asking those kind of questions and really seeing, is that something that I want to be in mobile home parks? Maybe after I hear that horror story that it's happened 10 times in a year, Ooh, maybe I don't want to be in mobile home park. Right. That doesn't fit my personality. Or maybe they're talking my language. And I'm like, yes, that sounds great. I love a challenge. Let's do it. Like 100% mobile home parks. So just being curious, asking questions, and then really evaluating, is this something I would want to do and feel comfortable doing and would love doing in my day to day? That's been really helpful in me moving the needle. You know, that goes so well with what we've been talking about, about being what you putting in strategies, speak Shannon, putting in strategies that are in line with what you're wanting, right? In line with what your inner connectivity is and how you really see the world. Greg, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for your time and sharing this knowledge with our listeners. I want to thank you all for tuning into the Real Estate Rundown. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Real Estate Rundown on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast to get automatic updates. You'll also find us on Instagram and YouTube. You can leave us a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You're also going to find all of Greg's information where you can find him on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of those places. You're going to find that right below. So thanks guys for tuning in to the Real Estate Rundown. We sure appreciate having you here. And Greg, big thanks to you too for your time. Great. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate it. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Real Estate Rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnett.com and be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends, and subscribe. Until the next episode.